This is the Upgraded Life Podcast, and in this episode, I'm going to bring you Vikrant Sharia. Vikrant is an amazing entrepreneur with an even more amazing story. He's from India, and to listen to him share the path that he was put on by his family, by his father, versus the path that he chose, is truly inspiring. He helps authors figure out how to write books and write them quickly. So we touch on that a little bit as well, but mostly we unpack the story that is his to tell. So let's not delay that any longer. Let's get to it. Buckle up. Let's go for a ride on the Upgraded Life podcast. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day. And together, that is The Upgraded Life. I am here with Vikrant Sharia, and he has an important message, and his message is multifaceted, and I really, I've taken the time to to get a little taste of who he is and the type of content that he's putting out there, and I'm of the full belief that he is going to be an amazing interview, so I'm so excited to have Vikrant here with me. We are on opposite sides of the world, so I also want to say thank you for making the time. Time is a valuable resource, and we can't just be anywhere. We have to be very careful about what we do with our time and resource. So, so Vikrant, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Nick, for having me here. Even I'm also excited for this conversation. Perfect. So, you know, the long and short of it, but what Vikrant does, and I won't steal his thunder, but a lot of what he does is he helps people tell their own story, right? He's an author and he, ha- a pr- he has products that will help people step-by-step step to become their own authority in their expertise and in their life through the process of writing, creating, and publishing books. And I think that that is really important. I, I I'm really recognize the idea that if you write a book, it almost brings you instant authority in the minds of, of other people. And I know he has a very personal story about the importance of an authority loop in terms of what it means to be an author. And I'll let him share that story. But uh, Vikrant, why don't you just give us an overview side of your world, like how long have you been in the book writing and publishing field? And maybe tell us how you got started in, in, in it in the first place. Yeah, sure. So now I'm 30. My the, the entrepreneurship journey actually started, I think, around 11, 12 years ago, like when I was in college, I was 18, 19 year old. My parents want me to become an engineer. And in India, like usually if you are not an engineer or a doctor, people consider that you are a failure. So I had taken science. So and also I want most of the most of my friends, they were taking they were going for engineering. So I took an admission in engineering college. But very quickly, like maybe within a few months, I realized that this is not for me. So usually in India, like it's a four year course and four year program. But 
one and a half year something happened which actually compelled me to just drop out of the college actually i was in a college library and i found this book rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki and i read that book the very same day and i decided to do something of my own i wanted to do some like my own business because i would have some sort of creative control and i also met a lot of seniors and some of the people people like who got placed in companies and i also saw exactly what they were doing exactly how they were working i didn't like that idea right that working in a cubicle so i dropped out of the college the very same day and within 2 to 3 months like i got a business idea i was 19 year old at that time and I borrowed some money from my relatives my seniors my friends and started a company hired bunch of employees and but in 6 months like the the business failed like i had no experience at all i made a lot of mistakes in the business failed so here i was in a single room apartment i was i think around 4000 to 5000 dollar debt i had at that i had no money to pay my rents and electricity so and then i was searching online how to make money on, online with zero investment so and then i discovered self publishing so this is this is actually how i discovered self publishing and how i came into this business but long story short like i started writing books for myself and then i started helping other people with my coaching and consultation and then just because there was a huge demand of service as well so i also started offering the done for you book writing publishing and marketing services so this is how actually the company started yeah that's amazing story and it's it's not always the, the entrepreneur story but it is so typical what you just shared right where mm-hmm. y- you have this path that you're supposed to be on for you is got to go to college yeah. be an engineer and then go work in a cubicle right that was that was the path that you were set on and but it only took you a year to figure out that that wasn't going to be for you and then i'm i'm always amazed not surprised but i'm i'm amazed at how many people credit rich dad poor dad as being the catalyst for them to yeah. take the leap and decide to do something different that's a classic book actually even today's in today's era as well of course there are a lot of things that is irrelevant in the book but still even if someone is going to go through the book they will like it's one of the best financial book out there in the in the market right now yeah, and it's what it's got to be close to 30 years old exactly yeah i remember reading it in the early 2000s so mm. and, and it had been around you know prior to that as well and so yeah it's also just you know side note i've listened to a lot of rikiyosaki over the years over the decades and one of the things that he said was that you know he wrote this book and then had to figure out how to how to actually sell it and that initially yeah. initially a lot of his efforts were actually about how to sell the book and they weren't necessarily about those other things i thought that was fascinating as well mm-hmm. and i think in another book as well like i don't know whether it was the cash flow quadrant or the other book he mentioned a story where an author reached out to him and actually this author read all of his books and she mentioned to him that hey actually i'm a better writer than you but how do your book performs way more better than mine book how are you best selling author not me so his response was like you are a best writer but i'm a best selling author like there's a difference like writing a book and selling a book is completely different game plan Yep, so 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 true and i think that's something that as you probably experienced in your world as a consultant helping other people is that you know they get so wrapped up into the te- 
technical side of things. And, you know, on the, on the consumer end, on the reader end, that, that isn't really going to matter, right? That the, it, it might to a certain person, you know, the, the technical aspects, but for the vast majority, that's not where, you know, the momentum is going to come for people wanting, you know, what, what it is that you have to offer. Okay. So another thing that I think is super important that you described is that your first attempt at this failed in terms of, you know, not going to go to school, not going to become an engineer. So I'm going to do something else. I'm going to start a business and that failed. And would you say that, that that failure was necessary, meaning that what you learned through those failures then helped you understand what to do differently in the future or what not to do again, not to repeat in the future? Would you say that was true or, or, or maybe? Maybe not. In my second business as well, I believe I made a lot of mistakes. The first business failed and I had to shut down the company because I had hired seven to eight employees. I was 19 years old and the employees that were working with me, they were 40 plus in age and their salary was like a lot. And that was one of the biggest liabilities. I thought that to run a business I to focus on the on building a team first instead of the product instead of getting more customers and that was one of the biggest mistake if i would have a positive cash flow if i would have a really like a lot of money in my bank i could have learned this in my first business itself but just because in 6 months everything was gone like i had no money at all to pay my employees I had to shut down the company. The, the idea was extremely good, but I was not focusing, like my main focus, instead of focusing on the product and acquiring customer, I was focusing on building the team and the culture like it was. And I read a lot of books. And of course, I give success, like credit of my success and failure, both of these to the books that I read. Let me explain. So in a lot of business books, like I have read, when I dropped out of college, there was three months gap. So I read, I think, more than 40, 50 books, like most of them were business books and self-help books. And most of the business books used to talk about like having a really good culture in the company. And But I realized it very later that culture comes after once you have a good product, once you, acquire, you have acquiring some customers, and once you have a good team, then of course, you can start focusing on the culture as well. Instead of me focusing on the product, I was focusing on the culture first. And that was where I made mistake. So even though like when you were learning anything, like whether from a podcast or a book, I realized that you also have to be wise enough to understand where exactly to implement those ideas or those strategies. You can't implement every strategy anywhere, right? You have to use it in a right way so that you can get the right results. Now, of course, now, of course, we focus a lot on the culture, on the team building, just because we have a proven product service and we, ha we have acquired a lot of customers as well. So we know that the offer is working. The customers are happy. Now we can focus on the team building as well. And because through that, like I know that even if I'm not there for three months, six months, the company can run just because of the team and that the team can run only because of the culture. So, but in the initial phase, when you are very, very new in the business, like it's, it doesn't make sense to focus on the culture or the team building. Right. And I think that when a, when a lot of people remote, when most people put it this way, when most people get into the solopreneur, entrepreneur business side of things, they probably are focused on things that seem important, but they really are critical for their phase of developing the business. So, and I, so I see mm. you shaking your head. Would you say that's true? Yeah, there's a term as well. I should have you work like you working on your business like you are basically doing busyness means you are just working a lot and instead of focusing on the business you're focusing in the business like of course these things 
definitely matter. Initially, at least once you acquire at least maybe five to 10 clients, you are the business in your personality, in your ideology, everything, your personality actually reflects in your business itself. So you have to also check yourself, like exactly what kind of routine you follow, how much work are you like, you also have to work on the 80-20 rule, like focus on those 20% things that actually generates 80% of the results. So I actually made these mistakes in the beginning of like my first business. So to answer your question, I think the failure was important because otherwise I would have done the same mistake in the second business as well. So, so yeah. I think that, you know, I, I was talking to a, a colleague of mine and a father and, you know, he has a son that's about to finish high school and he his this gentleman is an engineer and he's hoping that his son will follow in the same footsteps and become an engineer as well. But the son just, you know, he he's very skeptical about it, as I think a lot of people are, a lot of young people are in in the current generation that are coming up and mm. the, do- the dad's pretty concerned about it, you know, about there's just so much risk involved and, you know, what if he fails and, and all those things. And I just kind of smiled and, and, you know, let him get those concerns out, but then, you know, talked about the other side of it and that, you know, there's always, it's always trade-offs, right? It's an infinite amount of trade-offs and you don't realize that if you, you put the time in to get a degree and then you become an engineer, yeah. it comes with a set of trade-offs. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people find out way too late in their careers that they value their time way more than they ever thought that they would. And, you know, if you're locked into, you know, put, trading time for dollars uh, at the mercy of an employer, well, then that's a dynamic that you're, that you're locked into. Is it, is it bad? No, not necessarily, but it comes with a trade-off. And I think more and more people are trying to figure out how can I earn an income and still have control over my time? And, you know, being a, uh, you know, operating a business and, and I'm glad that you and I have the commonality around cash flow quadrant and Robert Kiyosaki, because a lot of people think they own a business, but they, they really don't. They just own their job, which, you know, it's part of the progression scale. So to qualify that for people who are listening, what's the difference? Well, if you're a carpenter and you only get paid when you show up to build, that's not a business. You, you own your job. Which again, self-employed, right? You're you're self-employed, and so uh, like you were saying earlier, because of where your business is at and your team culture, you can be away for three months at a time, and the business still runs. So that's Mm -hmm. that's a a different, and I'll say a better definition of what a business is. That Vikrant can show up or not show up to his business on a daily basis, and and he still gets paid. So that's the defining line between being self-employed, owning your job, and, and or owning a business. But those failures is kind of what I want to loop back to that you experience first business, second business. That's the tuition that's involved. Yeah. Right. Versus putting in, and I don't know, you know, where you're going to school, but, you know, if we're projecting here in the US that it won't be before long before a four year degree could cost somewhere around 200 to 250,000 US dollars. Mm hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how much you lost on your first business, but I'm I'm guessing it's probably it was probably a lot less than than two hundred fifty thousand right? dollars. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. and uh, I think that this, of course, you mentioned about the colleague. It happened with me as well. My dad thought that I'm extremely serious about becoming an engineer because I didn't want to sound in front of him when he asked me exactly what do you want to become in your life, and I told him that hey, okay, I'm gonna be become an engineer. So he thought that I want to become an engineer, so I, he got. My admission in engineering college. Now I dropped out of the college and I didn't tell him the news for next six months, next six to nine months. I didn't have the courage to tell him 
the truth. He used to be in another city, like, but he used to call me every single day. But eventually the thing is, so eventually I, I got to the city. I told him like it was kind of chaos in the family. We were not in talking terms for a few years, but now he's happy. Now he's a proud dad. You won't believe it, but just because of him, just because of that decision that I took, everyone in my family, including my dad, my my sister, my brother, everyone is an entrepreneur. They own their own businesses. So my father is a veteran, like he is an ex-military person. So, But still, he started his own business after seeing exactly what are the benefits of becoming a, an entrepreneur. So these are things that has changed in my family. And I think that when you are in early 20 or maybe 18, 19 year old, and you, as a dad, if you have sent your child to go and study maybe any specific subject or any, maybe take a college degree. And if he has decided that he want to do something of his own or he want to try it, I personally think you'd let him do it because it's a very, very early stage. After five to six years or seven years, maybe he'll get married. He'll have baby. He have, he'll be having a lot of responsibilities. He won't be able to take any risk at all. Now it is going to be the best time for him to explore exactly what he is good at, what who exactly he is. Maybe in two to three years, he will realize that this is not for me. Still, he would be learning a lot of skill set that is fine, right? Means when I hire any employees, like I have a lot of employees in my company, I never ever check any degree. And I think most of the really, really good companies out there, most of the companies nowadays, they don't check the degree. They see your experience, they see the skill set you have, and they're going to pay you higher. Like if you have a skill set rather than you just having a degree, but not having a skill set. So even if, so as a dad, like you have to, you should be proud that he has took a stand. He is becoming a self-independent, like he's becoming an independent son. And he wants to do something of his own, like without you taking decision on his behalf, he is, he or she is becoming, is this powerful individual and is kind of a, in the process of becoming a powerful individual, whether he's going to be success or a failure, still the process is going to be making him learn a lot of things that is be great for his life and career. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm getting more and more of a sense of why you do what you do in terms of helping people learn how to become an author, self-publish, because for you, it was really a way for you to establish that independence and to, and to find your own way. And then the result had on your own immediate family. And so, you know, why wouldn't you want to show that to as many people as, as possible? This brings so much more of a, an inspiration and a foundation for why it is that you do you know, what you do and, and why you're so passionate about it. Am, am I catching on to that or, or am I off on that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for me, like, honestly speaking, when I started this, the second business, it was not like I, I was not honestly speaking, writing a book is not my passion. It was not my passion at all. Like in the early days, at the same time, my only goal initially, like 10 years ago was to just pay my bill. I had a lot of debt. I just had to make money so that I can pay off the debt. And that was the primary motivation for me. And I used to not sleep for three days four days and I used to just work and work just because I had to pay my bills. Initially, that was the motivation. But when I came into the business and uh, there were a lot of clients who started reaching out to me saying that, hey, we got this testimonial, this review from this reader that how their lives or business are changing because of my book. This sense of pleasure, like I can't even express exactly how 
powerful it is for me and for my team. And what we are seeing is we are seeing kind of a snowball effect. Like we are not only helping our clients, we are also helping the readers who are going to be reading the books of our clients. So we are trying to improve the world or change the world for a better one book at a time. Absolutely love it. And I think that that, I think you're also sharing something that doesn't always have to be the case. I mean, you know, you see those Venn diagrams, there's what, there's what you're good at, there's what you like, and there's what the market will pay for, right? And you're supposed to find the overlap in the middle and that's, and that's your thing. I think, I think, I think that's Coleman's, you know, approach. I'm pretty sure he probably, Ken Coleman probably took it from somebody else, but I think that's one path. But I think what you shared is you don't always have to be, you know, passionate on fire for that, for that initial thing. Right. And if it's something that you can see as a stepping stone or it's something that it's a, it's a bridge to get you to where you are, to where you want to be, then it might be worthy to pursue it. Cause you don't know what's going to be on the other side of that. You, you know, you, you hit one stepping stone and then you realize like, Oh, there's, there's all these other things that are out there. And so you may not necessarily embark upon something initially that, you know, you think that you're, you're going to want to do for the rest of your life. But there are some people that will that will try to coach and train you to that direction. You know, find the thing that you know, do what you love, and you never work a day in your life, right? I mean, that's a that's a, a an aspect of guru speak that's out there, which can be true, but it doesn't always have to be the way. Right? And so, I used to do a podcast called The Eventual Millionaire, and there was and she interviewed a, a, a gentleman on there, and what he did because he basically just spoke against this principle that he he said he. He was a serial entrepreneur and he would build businesses and get them successful and sell them off and, and move them on to the next thing. And what he would do was he would look for new laws that, are, that were being passed, you know, in bigger cities, counties, states that would necessitate a, a business to fulfill those gaps. For example, in my area, a handful of years ago, the governor signed a law into, into being that said any new home construction had to have so much capacity built in. And this was at a time where solar was, was not very popular. It wasn't definitely wasn't popular for residential houses, right? So that would be an example. Like, oh, every home that's built has to have, you know, so much solar capacity and who's out there offering solar? Not very many people. So, you know, this person would have jumped in and I tried to get a contractor to do this, by the way, I couldn't sell them on it, but, but that would be an example of jumping in, setting up a business that can fulfill this man, get it up and going and sell it off, moving on to the next thing. But, but I just want to come back to yours. Like initially writing books, wasn't your passion, but look where it led, led you to. And a few, like, I also don't resonate a lot with this principle. So let me give you a few incidents. So for example, a few months ago, I was watching this documentary of Involved. Like, and I was shocked to know this guy, like most of the time, Bolt used to hate waking up in the morning and going for the practice. I used to think like these people, like who are the top number one, top performing people, they has to have love run like he is the number one like fastest learner so he has to have run like love running but in his case like he used to just like try not to wake up but still eventually he knew that if he has to win the race then he has to wake up and then he had to go to do the practice so if i'm going to share my own story so i'm into martial arts so when i start initially started doing the taekwondo so my initial goal was to just do i i just used to learn wanted to learn because i wanted to learn some sort of self-defense and at least initial two to three months were very, very painful for me. Extremely painful. Like I, like my entire body used to pain. I used to lose every matches, like in row, taekwondo matches. And, and 
so yeah like it was kind of very very difficult but now i love it because now i'm doing it every single day right so now it is in my blood so even when for example if someone goes to the gym the process of building the muscle is not very exciting but after one or two months when you start seeing the growth in your muscle and then you will be you will become excited so the same happens with anything in your life in your business as well you no matter how much you think you want to like i have seen very professional coach writers like seasoned writers they have this writers book as well for weeks sometimes for months they don't they don't want to write anything at all so this happens with anyone in the industry so you just have to find out exactly what is necessary for you for the success you just have to find it out maybe it could be top 2 or 3 things and just do it every day without any excuse if you do it whether you love it or hate it it's going to pay it off like you will be successful yeah i like that there's there's what you want to do and there's what you need to do and those don't those don't always they they aren't always the same things right and so yeah all right well i know your time is limited so i want to have you describe or you know why do you think it's a good idea for somebody who is an entrepreneur or they they they're early on the entrepreneur journey to consider self publishing as a as part of their their process like what 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 makes that a good idea for people yeah so if you have to compare between traditional publishing and self publishing and if you're an entrepreneur you have a busy life right you don't even have time to think about any other thing right so why would you wait for years and years for a traditionally publishing deal right because if you'll go with a traditional publishing company it can take years for you to convince them in even if you're going to be your manuscript would be selected or if they'll offer you any deal it can take again months sometimes years for you to like move the needle ahead right so writing editing designing like they they own everything they they own the from the timeline they also own the creative control of the book so why would you waste your time in that with self publishing if you have the book ready you can get it published in less than 24 hours 48 hours so that's the power of self publishing it's very very quick it's going to save you a lot of time that's i personally think is one of the biggest reason why any entrepreneur should consider self publishing over traditional publishing and what are some of the major things that having a book that self published like how does that help an entrepreneur again as it mentioned that the book is definitely is kind of an instant authority brian tracy also said this a few years ago that if you want to establish authority then you have to become an author because in authority word itself there's an author so all people will be having an option and you are only one with a self published book on the topic then people are going to be inclined towards you that they're going to see you as an expert they're going to see you as an authority on the specific topic at the same time if you write the book in such a way that it can attract the leads it can attract the readers so that people can schedule a call with you or book a consultation with you then it is also going to grow your business can also help you get more clients and these clients are going to be very warmed up because they have gone through the book they know that they know you they trust you and it's going to be not very difficult for you to close these clients so i would imagine that any given time there's probably millions of people right now that have the idea of i want to write a book and they may even already be plugged into the idea of i'm going to self publish a book what what are the top mistakes that these people are making right now and, and maybe that they don't even know yeah so if i'm going to answer the, like 6 months ago my answer used to be something else but after chat gpt these answers have changed now if you are thinking that writing a book can take me months or years like you are not right like 
you're not into the right thing because with the help of ChatGPT, if you just give the right kind of prompts, it can help you get your book done, a very, very high quality book in less than a week. And ChatGPT4 is very, very powerful, way more powerful than 3.5. So you can just explore that. It can help you create the title. It can help you create the book outline. It can also help, like if you're going to feed it, that exactly what kind of unique voice and style you have, you can just provide that and feed it the information over there. It can actually gather those information and write the book for you in your authentic voice. So it is kind of a modern day ghostwriter, which is thousand times better than any ghostwriter in the world. Like if you're going to be using the right kind of prompt. So it is 10 times faster than any ghostwriter in the world. It is 100 times faster than you if you would be writing a book. So, so the mistake, like if specifically now, could be that anyone thinking that writing a book is hard, very difficult, it can take me years. It's not true. You can just start today and get the book done, a final manuscript done in less than a week. And then the help of self-publishing, you can just publish the book in, in maybe another two to three weeks. But of course, you have to go through the cover designing, book formatting and all the other steps. But yeah, so this is one of the biggest mistakes I personally think that nowadays people would be could make. Yeah. So they're not leveraging AI tools and specific yeah. chat GPT and chat GPT-4, which is the, the paid side of it, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like 20 bucks a month. I, I mm -hmm. use chat GPT every day, quite honestly, in, in my role as a, as a professor and, and whatnot. So, and uh, yeah. So have you up, updated then like your programs and your products to incorporate the use of, of chat GPT when you are you know, people that are buying into, into your world? Yeah, we have updated that and we had to update it. There's no way like whether you could have updated it maybe after one or two years, like when everything could have changed or like we actually have updated it. The moment the chat GPT came in the next one, like in January, we launched a new program where we are helping people write, publish, and market the book using ChatGPT. So we, and it, it is three times less expensive than the ghostwriting program and 10 times faster than the, the ghostwriting program, right? So in the, the main, the traditional package that we used to have, it is still the, some people, they're still going, going with this one where we used to match the ghostwriter and then this matching the ghostwriter with a client in itself takes around two to three weeks. In that two to three week itself, people are actually getting their book done using ChatGPT. So this is how powerful ChatGPT is. So we take care of everything, including writing, editing, designing, publishing, marketing. But the, the other package that we have right now, through which like we are helping people using ChatGPT, it is three times less expensive. So usually people are going towards that. So we are going with the trend. We are going with exactly what market is going towards. My world, it's, that's called skating to where the puck is going, if you, if you know hockey, right? Yeah. So the puck is going in this direction. So to, to get there, you skate to it, right? And you're going to be right where it's going to end up at. So I, I love hearing that. And I think that it's a very wise move for sure. Question that I always throw at folks, Vikran, is what's your take on mindset? What, is that, what does that word mean to you? For me personally, mindset is just a perception. How do you see things? For someone, it could be a failure. For someone, the same situation could be a new learning. For someone, it could be just heavy rain. And for someone, it could be rainbows. How do you see things like any situation in the world? Maybe you get a lot of failures in, the, in your life, in your business. 
but still if you would take it as a as a learning and it's going to be a life change again i'm sharing this with my own personal experience because i have failed countless times not only in my business or in my personal life as well but after a few days like i realized that it meant it was meant to make me learn something new and make me improve who am i so if you just change the perception your mindset can be changed so this is what my take is appreciate that i'm certain that i know somebody just hit me up the other day that they wanted my help writing a book and i was like well i mean i can help you with with some of the aspects of it you know i've i've done some fair share of writing in my time but i would much rather point this person and other people that come across this pod who are interested in book i'd rather have them you know connect with you so where can people find you if they're interested in getting your help to get that book out there finally thank you so much nick yeah so if someone wants to connect with me or with my team they can simply visit authorsonmission.com we have hundreds of testimonials and case studies on our home page itself where people can learn exactly how what's our process looks like and what kind of changes it made to our clients businesses if you think that this resonates with you then you can book a call with us and one of our author strategists is going to go on a call with you see if you're a fit to work with each other or not if yes then of course we're going to onboard you on your publishing journey love it and tell me that website again authors on mission authors on mission all right .com This has been a great conversation. I'm truly indebted to you. I think that you brought me personally some significant value and I believe my audience will get even more out of what you had to share with us. Thank you so much, Dr. Nick. It was really really pleasure knowing you and talking to you. So, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully we can do this again. Sure. Well, there you have it. Another amazing conversation with an amazing person. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Vikrant. If you did and if you were a aspiring author, I would highly recommend going over to his website and checking out the programs that he has to offer. And at one point he was offering a free community. I think that's still live. I'll put the link to it in the show notes below. Uh you would be really wise to go check that out if writing a book is something that's on your to-do list. Vikrant also has a YouTube channel. Go over there, show him some love, give him some thumbs up, some likes and subscribe to his channel because uh, all that helps as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Upgraded Life podcast. This show doesn't exist without you, the listeners, and so I appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to show your appreciation back to me and to this podcast, there's a couple ways to do that. One way is to be subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are an Apple user, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. All of those things help. And now I want to talk about two projects that I have going that are out there that I think are very important if you're the right person for them. So the first project is my anger resolution program and this is for men, fathers, that own businesses that have anger that's completely out of control. And if that's you, I have developed a program specifically for that so that you can get complete control of your anger, that you can rebuild the relationship with your loved ones, and that you can make your business more profitable. That is all contained in my anger resolution program. If you want the info about that, check out the show notes and there'll be a link there for you for anger resolution. The other project that I have going which is equally as important in my mind and it's a lot of fun is based around blockchain and cryptocurrency education. So if you've listened to this podcast this year in 2023, you will have heard that 
several of them have focused on cryptocurrency and that's not by accident that's been a big part of my uh, free time my extra time in my financial strategy uh, over the last uh, 18 months or so so i have founded together with some partners a organization called the ultimate crypto startup and we offer crypto education our crypto 101 course is completely free and it is designed for the person who knows traditional finance and they're curious about the world of decentralized finance so if that's you but you you don't even know what a bitcoin is you don't even know what blockchain is or how blockchain technology works crypto 101 is exactly what you need to build that knowledge into you so that way you can look at the world of decentralized finance from an informed vantage point so Crypto 101, if you want info on that, again, look in the show notes and you will find the link for that course. All right, my listeners to the Upgraded Life podcast, I'm going to sign off for now and I'm going to urge you to do something as soon as this show is done to upgrade your life, to boost your mindset. Take action today.